Welcome to the Limitless Wrestling Podcast, the official podcast for your favorite indie promotion of all time, that being Maine's own Limitless Wrestling, and of course, Let's Wrestle. My name is Josh Nason. On this week's show, we're going to give you some updates about Reasonable Doubt coming up on Saturday, March 25th in Yarmouth, Maine. We'll discuss the fallout from Let's Wrestle Revamp in addition to the fan appreciation show coming up in early March. And we're also going to answer some of your questions in the long-awaited, never-duplicated Ask Limitless. But before we begin, let me just introduce the man who's always down to clown in Montreal. It's Randy Carr. Randy, say hi to the fine people. Oh, always down to clown, period. Uh, how's it going today, Josh? It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, you've always been in my thoughts. I'll tell you that much. And uh, I, I forgot to tell you this uh, off air. Uh, so this morning, daughter, my uh, daughter's six, and we're kind of getting ready for school and the TV's on. And they were showing a um, kind of, like, I don't know what the equivalent is in Maine, a 207 show in Maine. And uh, the show called Chronicle here in New Hampshire. And all of a sudden she's like, is that is that wrestling? And I was like, what? Because she has never seen pro wrestling in her life or anything like that. She has it hasn't been on. We just haven't really uh, haven't really brought uh, across that bridge yet. And I'm like, is is what wrestling, hun? And and I I look and I rebound the the um, the show or the the ad, and it's pro wrestling. And I'm like, how do you know that? And she says someone in her class uh, has to do wrestling or something like that. I'm like, I think that that's a different kind of wrestling. And it, I like, I have no idea, Randy, how she picked this up in pro wrestling, but I think it's in her DNA that she knows exactly what this is. And she was like watching the slams. She's like, they're not being very kind to one another. I'm like, you're right, honey. That's right. So you don't, you don't need to watch this stuff right now. But I thought that was just kind of a, like, I don't know how she knew that was wrestling, but it's something DNA, man. I, I think, uh, who knows, future Limitless Wrestling Champion maybe uh, maybe being grown in this house. That's so funny. Uh, I, I know exactly the piece, too. I bet Scott Reed was on there for, uh, I think it's the Elite Pro Wrestling Academy. Yes. Um, yeah, yes. that was the background. Yeah. That's tight. Uh, yeah, yeah they, they've got a school in New Hampshire now. Um, yeah, that's, I don't know. I, I'm always curious, like, what the what the perception is, especially to children who have no idea and have never seen it before. Uh, obviously it's pretty clear they're not being kind to each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she's, yeah. You have to see a full, a full wrestling match. I think my wife might, uh, have a few things to say about that. Someday it's going to happen. We'll, uh, we'll see. I probably won't start out with like, a you know, like a Matt Tremont match or a Slade match. I probably won't start with that, but you know, maybe just kind of ease her in. Hey, you never know. It might get there quick. That's true. Doink the evil clown can make her scared of clowns or you know those type of things. Yeah, scar her at six. Exactly, exactly. But okay, we have plenty of stuff to talk about here. Obviously, uh, reasonable. Let's start out with reasonable doubt because that's the the uh, the next limitless show coming up. And obviously, Saturday, March twenty fifth, Yarmouth Amvets and Yarmouth Maine tickets are shipping the week. Of course, as you listen to this, uh, recording this on Tuesday, the 21st, I'll probably hear this in a couple of days. So they're going out in the mail this week. Uh, front row, of course, is sold out. No big surprise there. Tickets available still at limitlesswrestling.com slash tickets. And since we last spoke, again, which was uh, several weeks ago, we have you know a few new talents added. We still have a lot more matches to be announced and so on and so forth. However, Randy, you've been doing some good work playing together some of these matches, including a dream match. And I saw this, and when you first signed Cold Scorpio, and brother, I was like, I wonder who he's going to face. You know, come on those things. And I try not to ask these things in advance, because I like to kind of have a surprise moment. And I was so happy to see this, to Cold Scorpio against the big Bufa, Desmond Cole. I am very psyched about this, and I know Des Cole's psyched about this. I, uh, I think this is going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm really fired up for this. A legitimate dream match, uh, a match that Desmond Cole has really wanted since, you know, getting into professional wrestling. And I, I would say it's not very often that you're able to actually put these dream matches together because uh, with someone that's, you know, I would call a wrestling legend like Two Cold Scorpio from WCW, WWE, ECW, of course, and Pro Wrestling Noah even, which we'll talk a little more about Noah later, but uh scorpio has been everywhere and back and has not been to maine in a number of years a couple decades actually so yeah. uh, what a way to do it in a dream match for desmond cole the big bufa who's been rising up the ranks of limitless wrestling and uh, i think now more than ever is ready for a challenge like this in scorpio so uh, we're really going to see des put to the test in a uh very very big situation here with someone who he's idolized and i think morphed a lot of his style from in too cold scorpio 
yeah the uh the future versus the present and the past in, in a lot of ways in this one so it's gonna be great uh again we're gonna talk more about these matches we still got a you know, month to go before the show but obviously previously announced matches again the limitless wrestling world championship anything goes ace romero versus big b versus rick bison the let's wrestle championship mac daniels defending against brg and this one is new uh rachel elring returning for the first time to limitless in nearly five years aka the queen of strong smile as we record this it's just uh gonna announce a couple days ago i believe actually yesterday when we record this yeah this one came together very quick um lucky circumstance she had the date become available for march 25th and we were able to set it up uh rachel's always been someone who has a pretty uh very rigorous schedule uh recently signed to impact wrestling and had a run as impact wrestling women's tag champ with jordan grace as well so uh excited to see what she brings to her return to limitless here do you remember what the show was that she was at? Ah, uh, Feed the Need, I believe. Well done, Randy. May 2018, the Portland Club, of course. A show that I always love doing. The show also featured uh, Darby Allen versus Zachary Wentz, Anthony Green versus JT Dunn in a Portland street fight. Again, the Ashley Box being Rachel Uttering. We had uh, Christian, how about this tag team? Christian Casanova and Austin Theory with Stokely Hathaway taking on the Rascals. And the workhorseman. I I did not realize this match even happened. Wow, that was uh, do I was I there for that? I can't. I don't even remember at this point. But yeah, Christian Casanova, Austin Theory against the Rascals against the workhorseman. That must have been. Was that pretty good? That was nuts. Yeah, it was. It was very chaotic. And of course, uh, those who have attended events in the Portland Club know it's super tight in that venue because we were always it at is. max capacity and there was just not a ton of room to move. And when you got Myron Reed, Trey Miguel. Christian Casanova flying around the place. Uh, it makes for a pretty chaotic match, but uh, a lot of fun. I recall that show being a ton of fun, honestly. Is that, is that uh, IWTV? Yes, uh, I believe that one's in full on IWTV. I think a lot of those matches as well are for free on YouTube as well. So very, if you're not very good. IWTV subscriber, check them out. Yeah, check those out. Awesome stuff. There. So yeah, Rachel Elring turning back for the first time since 2018. And let's see what else, of course, above the rest we talked about before. Anthony Henry we had talked about before. And much more to announce a reasonable doubt. Anything I looked out or anything you want to you wanna add to the low podcast uh, listeners? Uh, I think we'll have a couple more matches to talk about next week. There's uh, quite a bit to come in, in the coming week or two uh, as tickets are being sent out and uh, probably arriving by the end of this week or early next. So uh, stay tuned to the pod because uh, we're going to have maybe some interviews leading in as well, but a ton of match announcements coming soon. Good stuff there. See, so yeah, that's coming up. Uh, reasonable duck on March 25th. Again, you know, Randy, it's been great. You've had a, a hot run of shows with uh, with tickets flying out the door. So I would tell people again, do not wait. Just get get on this now, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, we're already about 50% sold out. And as you said, there's over a month to go still. So uh, I anticipate that this one's going to get pretty close, if not too sold out by the time that the show rolls around. I would say so. All right, I'm going to bump this announcement up uh, from the rundown, Randy, because... I'm always intrigued by big announcements. And you, Randy, said that Limitless Wrestling is going to return to Herman, Maine, the Morgan Hill Event Center, coming up this spring with a, your words, a major event. And we don't know a lot about it. What can you tell us? What can I pull out of you about this major event coming to Herman, Maine? Well, uh, we've got a superstar that a lot of people in this area would love to see one more time. And uh, someone who hasn't been to this part of town, I would say, in over a decade. So hmm. uh, I'm very excited to reveal the news when it's time. But uh, just just generally stoked to be back at the Morgan Hill Event Center. Uh, a beautiful building and uh, creates an awesome atmosphere there in Herman. So definitely to any of our loyal Limitless fans down south or even, even southern New England, uh, I would say maybe plan this out to make a trip this spring and uh, make a night of it because... Uh, it's going to be a big event, and uh, we're going to have some international stars in the house as well who have never appeared mm. for Limitless Wrestling. So uh, a lot of cool things coming up the pipeline for that event particularly, which uh, that's probably going to get announced here in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned mm. on that front as well. I mean, I hate to spoil it, Randy, but I kind of know already. I've heard rumors, you know, based on his uh, quote-unquote retirement match last night, Kaiji Mudo, I've heard that this is the international star coming in. Is that accurate? Can you confirm that? I can't say that I'm uh, currently enticing Kajimuto to come to Maine uh, as much as I would like to. Uh, I do not think that's in his uh, permanent plans moving forward, but mm. never say never, Josh. He uh, he summers in Winterport. Did you know that? I did not. I'll be heading to Winterport. 
That was the first thing that came to the top of my head. I don't know if that's a good place to, to winter or not, or summer, or do anything like that. But I don't yeah. think so. They produce boots, but that's all I can think of. <laughs> well done. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to some Let's Wrestle action. So coming up uh, on Saturday, March 4th, returning to the beautiful indoor yard sale, basically the the home of Let's Wrestle at this point, right? Coming up in, uh, in Brewer, Maine, front row sold out. Fan appreciation night, Randy. General mission tickets only ten dollars, and yeah, note here five dollars off each ticket. What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, I mean, generally our ticket prices for these events are twenty dollar front row, fifteen dollar GA. Ah, so I see. Uh, front row tickets, GA tickets, uh, all five dollars off for this event. Fan appreciation night. So uh, this is an awesome one, maybe to bring some friends to or some people who may be on the fence about seeing a show live. Tickets are only $10, so uh, it's definitely worth your time to check out. And we got a lot of fun stuff coming up on this card. All right, so tell me, going as, uh, why have a fan appreciation? Why, why now? Honestly, like, it, it was an idea that came to mind uh, after we did the fundraiser show for Eric Johnson's injury in November. Um, we kind of realized, like, how many fresh faces we had through the door and uh, just a lot of new people that were in town and, checking out wrestling maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time. And um, it's just been something that we've talked about, especially with these let's wrestle and the, the student showcase events when we were doing them, like how do we uh, get some new eyes, some new fans in here to see what we're doing and uh, maybe want to stick around for uh, future shows to come. So uh, especially with uh, you know, everything's so fucking expensive right now. Uh, it's nice mm-hmm. to kind of break when we can every now and again on tickets and, uh, just hopefully that drives some more people to, you know, maybe make the decision to say, ah, it's fucking 10 bucks. Let's go check out this wrestling show. Because, uh, I think generally people who come to our shows, whether it's limitless or let's wrestle, I think they leave satisfied and happy that they went most of the time. So, uh, I'd like to keep that going and, uh, just maybe appeal to some new people and also some families who, uh, maybe larger families who maybe $15 a ticket, $20 a ticket. Uh, that's just a little too much to bring, you know, all, all four of the kids plus the parents to the wrestling show. So yeah. uh, this might be an easier way to do it and uh, to enjoy a night out that's family friendly and uh, a lot of good matches to come up. Yep. And uh, I'm glad you had that explanation, but I must correct you. It's the Eric Johnson Memorial Show. Remember, that's right, that's how right, we refer right. to it. Because, you know, RIP, but. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Eric Johnson, so I, we this is coming out of uh, revamp. Eric Johnson, you know, uh, the last time we talked here, the tone of your voice made it seem like Eric Johnson was, uh, you know, he, he was maybe going to call it quits. He, you know, he said he had some conversations. However, Eric Johnson is going to roar back to action on this very show, Fan Appreciation Night, in a big way, teaming up with the MSP, the one and only, against the Seawolves and Dylan Nix, Levi Spade, and Drake Lovecraft. Yeah, Drake Lovecraft. Big trios match, and Eric Johnson is back. And again, this is coming out of the the developments of Revamped. Yeah, this is kind of cool, especially for longtime fans who have been paying attention and uh, know Eric Johnson and MSP well. Eric uh, really created the avenue to bring Danger Kid Made Nagro into professional wrestling and uh, was a big part of their training early on and kind of set them on the right road to get started. And they really took it from there and ran with it. So years later um and it's kind of bizarre with all the main wrestling shows the three of them have done they have never been on the same team in a capacity like this so now three of the trainers at the limitless dojo eric johnson danger kid aggro are gonna square off against some of the renegades of the limitless wrestling dojo so to speak dylan nix levi spade and drake lovecraft who have been wreaking some havoc on the mojo at the dojo series and now kind of locking themselves into place on the let's wrestle roster as it's returned but uh, they've got a big challenge here ahead of them in MSP and Eric Johnson who want to let him have it here. And it's going to be cool to see Eric back in action. Uh, we saw a little bit of it that's going to be coming up on season two of the Mojo at the Dojo series. But uh, this is really the test in a live capacity. Everybody's watching you. And now, you know, the spotlight's on you. The pressure's on. So uh, we'll see what Eric Johnson brings to the table after. At, at this point, when this match happens, it'll be about eight months away from doing live in-ring competition for Eric Johnson. So I'm sure that's got to feel good on the comeback, but uh, obviously he's come back with a vengeance and not wanting to lose after what the Seawolves pulled last time. Mm. A grudge match, Big Country Jason Maverick taking on the Donkey Boy Bandit. This is his first singles match since returning from his injury, obviously returning at the uh, revamp show. But yeah, yeah, this should be a a hard-hitting affair. 
Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Donkey Boy and Jason, obviously no strangers to each other. Both of them products of the Limitless Wrestling Dojo. So uh, I think you, uh, as they say, you hit your friends harder and the people you know a little harder than others. But uh, Jason's had a bit of an attitude as of late. Uh, we saw him take some liberties with both Seabass and L.S. Bartano at the revamped event, which if you haven't seen, we keep referencing it. It's up for free. Uh, most of it on YouTube.com slash Limitless Wrestling. And then if you're an IWTV subscriber, that entire show is available up there to view. But uh, yeah, Jason was taking his uh, taking his liberties with those two. And Donkey Boy wasn't having it. Whacked him with a chair a couple times. Jason got out of Dodge. And now... We got to put these two together to see what happens. So it's going to be Jason and Dunkey Saturday, March 4th. And we have two matches that have announced here for the very first time. We have the A game, Joseph Alexander taking on Black Flash, Jordan Collins. I believe it is Collins' uh, Let's Wrestle debut. And Joseph Alexander, he made his debut against a Nagro at Revamped. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for this one. Uh, two guys who I think are some top prospects, especially in the tri state area scene. Uh, we got to see a game up close and personal in that singles matchup with Aiden Agro. He's got another one coming up actually this Saturday, uh, Mojo at the dojo against LS Bartano, but very impressive in the few outings he's had for let's wrestle thus far. And Jordan Collins, someone who I got to get a sneak peek at at the uh, limitless blitzkrieg weekend that we had back mm. in October in Connecticut, uh, kind of by uh, circumstance, really, we ended up adding very last minute, a matchup on to the second day. Um, it was Dante Drago versus question mark at that point. We didn't know who it was going to be. And Jojo Collins kind of right place, right time. It was someone that we wanted to get a look at. And uh, I thought he really did well, despite a uh, losing effort against Dante Drago. So with a couple more months of training under his belt and reps, uh, Jordan Collins, uh, now known as Jordan Collins, formerly known as Jojo, um, I think he's ready for a challenge like this with a game. So I'm really excited when you put two guys who are very hungry and uh, want to rise up the ladder. Let's wrestle very quickly together. I think you're going to get something cool out of that. So uh, highly anticipating this one. Mm, another first time ever match. We're now going to hear the troublemaker, Shannon LaVangie returning and she is taking on Haley Dillon. Yeah, Haley Dillon, a product of Grapplers Anonymous in Buffalo, New York. We're actually going to see a few products of Grapplers Anonymous. Uh, that's where JoJo Collins calls home. That's where the ring marshals, Flex Whitney and Swan Ross, yes. uh, who are a referee-turned-wrestler tag team making their debut on this show. I wonder how that's going to go over. But uh, <laughs> Haley Dillon, yeah, uh, a product of the Grapplers Anonymous Wrestling School in Buffalo. Uh, trained with Kevin Blackwood and Daniel Garcia a little bit as well. So excited to see what she brings to the table going one-on-one -on -one with the troublemaker, Shannon Levangie, who we've got to know through Let's Wrestle and a little bit of Limitless Wrestling last year too, but trying to find her footing really in Let's Wrestle right now. Uh, awesome performance, but didn't come up with the win against uh, Elle Valentine last month. So uh, we'll see if she can change things going forward here for herself this month. Mm. And the rest of the show matches to be announced. We have, of course, the Let's Wrestle World Champion, or uh, Let's Wrestle Champion, rather, Mac Daniels. Former champion, Mastel Mike McCarthy, Alexander Lee, the ring mechanic, Samuel Radcliffe. Que is it pronounced Quesi Asante? Quesi Asante. Quesi Asante. And, of course, you just mentioned the ring marshals and much more to be announced. And what else should people know about the show? Uh, I think just that right there. I mean, we're, we're going to have more of a full preview Next week, I would say, with the majority of this card announced at that point. But right. uh, these are really, I mean, it's a mixture of kind of guys who are on the radar, Limitless Wrestling, guys and girls who are on the radar, Limitless Wrestling, and um, some of the prospects coming out of the Limitless Wrestling Dojo. And really with the Mojo at the Dojo series now, I think these cards are starting to take shape a little easier where uh, we have a lot of people who are fighting their way in and uh, kind of punching their tickets to future events based on good performances at the Mojo at the Dojo tapings. So uh, I really think the quality of these cards are uh, improving every time and improving from what we had on the table last year. So I don't know, man. It's a fun night, and uh, you really could be seeing, and history does dictate that. I mean, uh, you really could be seeing some future main eventers of Limitless Wrestling on the ground level at these Let's Wrestle events, which I think is very cool. Now, you may not be prepared to answer this now, but are you thinking about returning to monthly let's wrestle shows every other couple months you kind of just seeing how it goes no honestly uh this year i kind of like took a step back at the end of last year just to kind of figure out what the schedule and what our year was going to look like both for limitless and let's wrestle and uh 
I don't want to make any like strong, firm commitments to say, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to do that. When um, we we're talking about it off air, shit could just come up and it might not make sense. And uh, I really uh, I spoke with the guys at the dojo specifically, just kind of with Let's Wrestle specifically. I want to have fun with what we're doing, you know, and, and uh, enjoy what we're doing with that and not feel beholden to uh, doing it every month or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? So I think we're going to take it case by case, month by month. But uh, I do think it's going to be around more regularly than it has been before. Um, I I do know that we're going to take April off for sure, but the plan is to be back in May. So uh, I don't really know what the summer is going to look like at this point, but I think if we continue to have support, like we had at the uh, revamped event where uh, we had a shocking crowd based on, you know, just seemed like a disaster day with how cold it was and, uh, literally setting records in uh, the city of Bangor and Brewer, but uh, it was splendid. And uh, I think that we're going to have a lot of those people come back for this show as well. So, I mean, if, if it's doing good and people want it, I think it's going to be there. Let's uh, talk about revamp real quick. I don't have the results right in front of me, but just kind of go over. Yeah. So, so <laughs> it was uh, for those that don't remember, this was the like, Minus 45, minus 55 wind chill day for most, uh, for a lot of people in northern New England. I was, I was at the, uh, I was, I was that morning, I was talking to my wife and I'm just like, oh, that's right. Randy has a show today. And then obviously it was cold here, but it was like the feeling of like negative 18. And I'm like, I wonder what it's like in, uh, in Brewer right now. And it was, you know, I think I said negative 55 where the wind chill was the feeling. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so tell me so tell me about that day or tell people about that day and kind of like just how that I mean, you mentioned the, the great turnout. But like this, this is this just a it, it's cold in Maine. It's not that cold. So obviously a, a big wrinkle into travel plans and and uh, and all that stuff. But the people showed out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the cold was miserable. Uh, it was moving chairs the night before and like uh loading the loading the suv and then setting up the ring um was not necessarily the best circumstances with how cold it was and uh honestly i was just like uh you you never know in situations like that it felt kind of like a like a snowstorm day for a show where it really can be a toss-up it could work in your favor or it could work to your detriment and uh couldn't really blame it either way you know what i mean but uh, I actually think it seemed like it helped us, uh, because we, we had a solid pre-sale, but it was just the feeling in the morning of like, you know, people's cars aren't starting and it's, yeah. uh, it's extremely cold with the wind. So like you were saying, it literally set records and, um, I, I don't know if it got above zero period throughout the day, but, uh, we had over 200 people, uh, in Brewer for that event and, uh, everybody made it there, uh, perfectly fine for the most part and nobody no car troubles no delays really we had a we had a little bit of a scare with Gangro where uh the first thing was the flight that was getting him to portland was delayed because of the cold and then uh when he was in portland safe and sound at the hotel and we were ready to send somebody over to grab him and come up uh that person's car didn't start so then we were back to back to zero but we got it all figured out. Gangrel made it. I apologize to him for uh, <laughs> bringing him in every time in the winter, pretty much. And this one being the worst of all. But, uh, dude, it was a really fun time. Uh, I saw a lot of my friends there uh, from from even high school, not even from wrestling. Like, there was just, uh, I don't know, cool sense of community uh, at that show. And uh, we had a lot of support, too, for the main Skateboard Association, who I was stoked to uh, partner up with. And I think that will be something that, Maybe we make an every year thing uh, in Brewer to do something with them, but we're able to raise some money for them. Did an awesome raffle that uh, they donated a skate deck, a custom main skateboard association skate deck that everybody signed and was raffled off. So I don't know, man, uh, I was really felt good after that event. And then uh, later in that week, we sent off uh, one of our own Jake Hess who had his uh, final match before yeah. deployment with Alexander Lee that night. So I don't know the, the whole weekend and, and week uh, felt really good and it made me uh very i don't know confident and let's wrestle for the future and enthusiastic for what we have to do next but uh just felt good and uh it's good to have those weekends every once in a while so obviously people can check that at iwtv i want to just ask you a couple quick questions about the card uh how was gangrel versus Jamie thomas dude so much fun uh i always think like when legends come to town i don't think that people really expect them to wrestle anymore that's kind of the feeling that i i got that with ricky morton i got that with gangrel randomly this time too but i think 
it's such a different sector of fans um, that come to our events in central Maine as opposed to southern Maine that uh, they hadn't seen Gangrel in this area for fuck uh, seven or eight years, I don't think, since he came up for IWE. So uh, I don't know what they expected, but Gangrel was in the main event with Channing Thomas and delivered a fucking main event match. Uh, it was really fun. And uh, he came with his working boots on and I think really impressed people who didn't know what to expect. And of course, Ace Romero against Connor Murphy. Uh, Connor Murphy always willing to catch a body, and this is a good opportunity for him. How was that? Yeah, Connor Murphy was getting caught a lot in this match. Uh, I would definitely say go out of your way to check this one out. Romero pounced him out of the ring at one point. Uh, Murphy was looking for a flying drop kick at one point that Ace caught him out of into a power bomb. Uh, some cool stuff in that match, but. Despite the uh, the tough talk of Connor Murphy, he did not walk. He actually got an impromptu Limitless Wrestling Championship match, should mention. But uh, it obviously didn't turn out his way. <laughs> and then uh, two other things I want to ask you about. Uh, you mentioned Jay Cass, obviously his his last match for the deployment, as you mentioned. What were the uh, the emotions like with uh, with him and Alexander Lee and in the crowd and all that? Uh, I know that Jake was feeling it before the match, you know, uh, more so than usual. He is... Uh, does get kind of nerve wracked ahead of matches usually, but I, I don't know. He was nerved up a little bit and then seemingly like right before the match started, he was completely calm. And uh, I almost felt like everything kind of washed away when he was in his gear, kind of ready to go. And um, yeah, I, I thought he really delivered here with Alexander Lee, someone that he knows well, but they hadn't actually had a match in over a year's time and uh, had had very few encounters in the ring together lately. So I was kind of curious uh, how everything would go, but uh, it really went well. And uh, it was an awesome moment after it that we shared on social media as well with Alexander Lee, uh, just some candid thoughts on the microphone after as the locker room poured out and just showed support for Jake, who uh, we love and you know, are sending uh, our best to as he takes this journey to Kuwait for a year and uh, can't wait to see him back. And he, he's ready to go. And I've been talking to him pretty often and he's just Fired up to be back whenever the time comes. So next year, uh, I'm looking forward to the return of Jake Hess. But it's a cool moment. Uh, he had his mother there as well, um, his siblings and cousins. So uh, it really was a family affair to be able to see him. Uh, and, and just in that capacity, I think, realize how much that he meant to this community and to the Limitless Dojo and to everybody that he knew, that he really was a member of this family. And uh, we'll, we'll be excited to get him back. And of course, I must ask about the one-year celebration for Mac Daniels and what uh, Johnny Torres had in store. I mean, again, you, you've had your uh, your love-hate relationship with the uh, the reign of Mac Daniels, but uh, how was the one-year celebration? How things turned out? Well, uh, Mac Daniels, uh, he came with his working boots on because he knew that he was going to have some competition on this night, but he got it done, man. Uh, he was able to go into day three sixty-five with a win under his belt, but he was put to the test. I want to shout out Jerry Rivera who. We haven't seen in a limitless ring or less wrestle ring in quite some time up to this point, but definitely uh, was was down to clown, so to speak. Was uh, came to play this day with Mac Daniels, but uh, didn't walk out with the victory over the less wrestle champion, but definitely uh, punched his ticket back on a future event. Yeah, and then of course we mentioned Eric Johnson's going to be making his return. Of course, that must have been a cool moment uh, in the building with him and the mic and not knowing what's going on. Those are all uh, those are always fun moments in pro wrestling. Yeah, definitely, and. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody knew what Eric Johnson had to say that night. I, I do think that people were thinking that either it was retirement or he'd be back or maybe he was going to join the commentary team or who knows what it was going to be. But uh, he is back, as he said. And uh, what a big challenge to come back with a trio's challenge teaming with two of his students against uh, three of the new generation. And yeah, so as you can catch on IWTV. And what's oh yeah, uh, so you wanted to mention Mike McCarthy did not make it due to car trouble, correct? Yes. Yeah, so that was uh, that was the only change that we had to things was Mike McCarthy was unable to make it, but uh, luckily things worked out. Danger Kid ended up stepping up and uh, was not on this card originally, had prior obligations, and uh, everything fell through on both sides. So we were able to set up a singles match with him and Levi Spade, and that was really the impetus to have this trios match even take place next week. I mean, I mean, having officially met Danger Kid for the first time earlier this month or, or last month, whatever it was, I, I mean, I, I think he seems to be a great guy. You're a good friend of him, I know. But, you know, it's kind of weird that Mike McCarthy has car trouble and somehow Danger Kid gets a spot on the show. Do we know there's, is there any connection between the two, Randy? I don't want to throw out, you know, accusations, but 
like uh, maybe Rick Ross would say. But I mean, there's some, some questions here. Trying to stir up the pot here, Josh. I don't know. Maybe trying to make a match between these two guys for the future. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. I think Danny would love to throttle McCarthy. <laughs> they, they've done it before, but it's been years. So hmm. who knows? Yeah. Maybe he did yeah. cut the brake lines. You're, you got the... <laughs> You got that one for free, Giant Tours. If you want to make that match for Let's Wrestle. But uh, yeah, so obviously catch you on IWTV. And now let's go to wrap up with, uh, we'll do some news in a minute, but some Ask Limitless. So these are more recent questions. We've had a couple rounds of these, which we have not got a chance to record, or we did, but it was so long ago, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so if, if your question did not get asked, certainly let us know, and we can ask it on a future episode. But these are a good crop of... Ask Limitless or you, the fans, ask Randy Carver all the questions that are on the top of your mind about the Let's Wrestle slash Limitless Wrestling universe, Carververse, as I put it. We start with Mike. Randy, what promotion produced your favorite wrestling flyers back in the day? And I assume this is the flyers that you put on uh, on telephone poles and such and not high flyers. Yes, that's <laughs> that's, that's how I took it for sure. Um few of these I really had to think about this time to to give a real answer um this one I mean I, I'm so sentimental with uh any like main wrestling posters from yesteryear but uh I have a few from the like AWA affiliate that was running events in Maine I would say it had to be like in the 2004 to 2006 or 7 I think it was I think that company ended up becoming nwh new wrestling horizons um mm -hmm. i could be totally mistaken somebody's going to know more than me on that front but uh i have a few old awa posters that i had I, I have to imagine that i won them either in raffles or maybe they were uh something that was for sale at merchandise tables back in the day but i've got a few of those that uh i really enjoy and i love the look of them and there's there's one that was I believe it was 2006 from Fairfield, Steve Carino versus Chant Matthews on the bill of that one. Mm. Um, I, I don't know, a couple of those ones that were really cool. And then uh, randomly, my father years ago uh, stumbled upon a couple old Lobster Man uh, posters from back in the day. And I've got a few of those around the house as well that I think are pretty cool. But those are a couple that stick out. And then uh, we've got some EWA flyers as well that are hanging at the dojo, actually, from Michael Labby uh that i think are really cool so young uh young fandango on that one young larry huntley uh who else is on there frankie armadillo of course um, yeah uh, yeah it's just some pops doc heresy on there as well but uh, <laughs> i'm curious on your front josh you probably have a whole different uh perception than me on some flyers that really stood out to you yeah, the ones that i always like are the uh the old school uh poster style that you would see Oh my god! Like '80s and '90s, the ones that are on like you know two, three feet of cardboard type yeah. style, where it's just you know it says wrestling on the top, and they're and it's like you know so and so versus so and so, and they show their pictures, and underneath you kind of stack a few of them. Those are those are always just my favorites because again, they just you. There's no other poster that is that is like that. You know what I mean? Because once yeah, it's and, very distinct, and especially you know as a kid, you're so wrestling starved. And to be able to be like, to be like, you see it somewhere and you're like, oh, there's going to be wrestling here. And immediately you're like drawn in. It's like this guy, it, it didn't matter who was on the show. It's just like, oh, there's wrestling around here. That's great. I want to go see this. So yeah, that, those are always what, uh, what stuck out to me. And I will have to post Randy at some point, I think it might be downstairs. Uh, I have a, a poster, a flyer from the promotion that I almost started. I don't need, did I ever tell you about the story? I don't think so. Oh, so I, myself, Josh Shea, the former EWA owner, and also on uh, Real Life, the MTV Real Life thing, which uh, the whole thing with Tony Atlas that many main wrestling fans know about. And then also um, Josh LaPrell, who is a former pro wrestling referee forever in any area, also in EWA and in other spots. We're going to start a wrestling, uh, indie wrestling group, and it was called is it aw oh my god why am i i'm completely blanking on this american wrestling i, I have to let you look at what the name of it was but uh we we had this whole thing we worked this thing for i say the better part of a year and we're gonna do a show uh in i might have been stevens ave and we're gonna do tv and all that stuff and the day of the show there was a massive snowstorm 
We had to cancel the show, and we just never did anything with it ever again. <laughs> wow! And Josh uh, Shea sold the sold all the, the we they we pre bought like some merch like these cups and all this stuff. He basically just took the whole thing and sold it to somebody, and I think I made 125 bucks off it at the end of the day. <laughs> no way! And nothing. Yeah. No show ever happened. No show ever happened. But I still have a flyer here off the off the post, but it was like. It was, I think Kevin Matthews is going to be a big part of it. Alex Arion was going to be a big part of it. Uh, possibly Mav Wild. You know, some of these guys, like it was, uh, I still have all the old emails too, because I think it would be if I could. I've always thought it's kind of one of those long term things. If I could turn it into like a chronological, like this is what we were planning and when, I think it'd be kind of a cool, like, like long form blog post. You know what I mean? Like how just what our mindset was back in yeah. 2001, 2002. But yeah, there's a, there's a whole there. There's a whole story there that is. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty fun. It was. Why did the plug? Uh, why did the plug get pulled after the cancellation? Was it just like fuck this after that? Well, I think there was just some concerns about money and like how much was going to go in, who was being able to front it. Again, I was 22 at the time, and I had like I didn't have a lot of money like at all. So it wasn't like I could be like, oh, here's, you know, I'm going to invest five grand in this or, you know, whatever, whatever it, the, the, you know, the upfront commitments and things like that are. And I think it was just, I think the commitment level was, um, it kind of changed again, the finances and all that stuff. And I think it was just kind of, this, it was one of those things I was happy to be a part of, but I don't think at that point in my life, I was ready to kind of really lead on it. And I had a full-time job at the time. And it just, it was kind of one of those things like the passion just kind of came out of it. And I, and I'd have to look at back kind of how we made the decision, but I think it might've been Josh is kind of just like it, it. I think we can, if we do this, we're going to lose X amount of dollars. It just, I don't know. It just, I don't think that we had the, we kind of were interested, interested in doing it. And I think when it came down to it, we just, we started questioning the finances at the right time to avoid us losing like a ton of money. I think once the kind of realization for both LaProle and I came in that, you know, we, we're going to, we're going to potentially lose, lose some money, have to invest some more. I think, I think some of the reality really kind of set, start setting in. Cause Josh had been, Josh had obviously done this before. Um, you know, he wasn't pushing it. It was just kind of one of those things. I think we kind of came to realization. We just weren't as ready for it as we thought we were. Yeah. hundred percent. That makes sense. But we were, uh, it's still kind of one of those things. That, I think it was on my birthday that I got, there with the snowstorm. And I remember just, it was, uh, yeah, it was just this crazy kind of like I, I look back on this and like it almost this almost happened. And I kind of think like, what if it had? You know, I I have because you have no idea. You have no idea what's gonna happen with it. But it was kind of one of those things I'm like, yeah, I wonder if this had happened, would it still how long would it have lasted? Would it still be around? You know, I I don't know if it still would have been around, but you know, what would it made any kind of impact at all? I have no idea. So yeah, you never know. You never know. But I'll find that poster at, at some point. Uh Christopher. Who was the first person you were starstruck by the first time you met them? I loved this question. Uh, I honestly, like, it took me a minute to think about it, and then it was very clear. Uh, it was Jerry Lynn. Um, Jerry Lynn, all right. I, uh, it was a cool circumstance because I, uh, I was watching a lot of uh, Ring of Honor at the time, especially when they first got on TV for HDNet. Yep. Um, and... I, I don't know if I feel like Jerry Lynn was on that first episode and uh, I just like got replugged in on Jerry Lynn specifically. But uh, that was kind of uh, when I really got plugged into Ring of Honor, because then there was it wasn't just like finding random things at Bull Moose to watch. Now it was like, wow, I can watch this for the hour before Raw and it's not even past my bedtime. Uh, I was stoked at the time. But uh, Jerry, uh I feel like that was within, like, it felt like almost like a career resurgence for Jerry. Not that he was off the map, but it felt like the ring of honor, uh, just being there in general. And then of course, beating Nigel for the championship, uh, just really solidified Jerry as the fucking man again. And, uh, I, I was really learning about indie wrestling and learning about Jerry Lynn throughout that time. And then, uh, randomly there's this IWE show in 2009 that Sanjay Dutt is booked on and, nothing was they didn't even say they had like an extra surprise or uh any anything of the sort but you just open the door and walk in and there's fuck right beside sanjay Dutt is fucking jerry lynn and i was like like, what is going on here and uh i found out the story much later there was a promotion that booked an event for the same night in fairfield pwa 
And they had booked, I think that they were trying to double shot Sanjay, but also booking Jerry Lynn. And uh, when Jerry realized maybe that his, from what I was told, that his pay may not be there uh, at the Fairfield event, and he wanted to make sure that he was getting paid somehow. So double shotted with the Brewer event, and both him and Sanjay worked on the first half, drove 45 minutes up the road to Fairfield, and uh, they did the last two matches on that Fairfield show. But um, that was it was incredible. Um, it was cool to like I was stoked to meet Sanjay as it was because I was a huge uh, TNA was like the first wrestling that I had watched. And uh, I, I was a Sanjay fan as it was. But uh, Jerry Lynn kind of hit on a different level. And it was such a surprise, too. So uh, I remember being very starstruck on that. And then uh, I've had a couple conversations with Jerry throughout the years. So it just I don't know, always been a very kind and pleasant person since I met him when I was I don't know, 12 years old. So um, I thought that was very cool. Yeah. That first HE net show, by the way, was February, 2009. And wow. Jerry Lynn, Jerry Lynn defeated delirious. He did. Okay, cool. Five, um, five, I five, I, go ahead. Yeah. Five minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> that is a TV match. <laughs> <laughs> what a, yeah. what a run though for Jerry Lynn, man. Uh, I'm curious yours too. Uh, wh- wh- where do you fit into this question? Yeah, I would say, I, I always remember 1988, uh, well before you were born, Randy. Uh, I was 10 years old. I was on a plane for the first time. We're coming back from, we're going down to Philly or back from Philly. I think we're going down to Philadelphia. And we're in the airport, and uh, there's kind of just a little bit of buzz that there was uh, some pro wrestlers on the plane with us. And I was like, look at my dad. I'm just like, there's, because uh, I, I, I was obviously a big wrestling fan at the time. And it was um, on the plane there. Remember, there's Jake Roberts, uh, Bushwhackers, and Hercules. And as I, I had to have this whole, but my dad's like, you should just, and Hillbilly Jim as well. And there probably could have been more, I assume, but they were, uh, my dad's like, you just go talk to them. And get, and I was, I was so terrified to go get, like, ask them for autograph. I mean, it's just so intimidating, Star Trek completely. But uh, as we went on, I think I got Hillbilly Jims before. We went on the plane, and then as I was on the plane, I walked up to um, uh, it was either Bushwhacker Luke or Butch, and I accidentally called them by the other name, <laughs> and uh, I think it was Luke, and uh, he just kind of gave me this this look, and I think he probably see I was like shitting my pants, terrified, and uh, so he signed my autograph, and he's like, you know, Jake is sitting right over there, and Jake Roberts had sunglasses on, window seat, and looked like the scariest motherfucker I'd ever seen in the world, and I had. I had no chance I was going to ask his autograph. I, no, like I was like, I, I'm terrified of this guy. And he, he had had that persona. Of course he was, you know, whatever he was into then, um, you know, it just gave out this thing like, do not talk to me at all. And, uh, but yeah, Hercules, I got his autograph. Yeah. It was just kind of like, that's, I, I, I remember I was just, I was, you know, again, my dad had kind of prompted me because of course my dad's like, they're just human beings. Like he, he didn't, he wasn't a big wrestling fan, so he didn't care. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think I remember that it was my first kind of like being starstruck and being around them. But, uh, I mean, as far as these days, I, I find myself more, uh, I kind of like, I, I feel like if I see like wrestling shows, I don't want to go up. I don't like want to bother them at all. It's again, my personality, even though like most would like to talk to me, like, like Des Cole, um, not saying I got starstruck, but like he was, you know, talking with fans and all stuff. But I wanted to talk to him because we had had him on the pod before, and talked to him here, and uh, it was a great, like, quick conversation we had. Or like, you find like I, I have to remember this because I, in my previous life of you know doing more news writing, I've talked to UFC fighters, I've talked to uh, Tim Thomas, formerly the Bruins. He was a UFC fan, so I did an article on him. And those situations, I don't get starstruck. I'm like, they're human beings, like anything else. And, and as long as you kind of you know, treat them with respect and whether and, and don't get too weird, you know, that uh, they'll, they'll talk to you like a normal person, if that makes sense. It's, it's weird because like wrestlers, I still, um, I kind of just, I want to say keep my distance, but I'm kind of like, I don't want them to think I'm like trying to get anything out of them, if that makes sense. Like I just met MSP at that Mariner show. And like, I, I've been around them before and it was in, they're cool. And I, I didn't think that they were not, I didn't expect them to be like, Stand off. I didn't want them to think I was like bugging him or anything like that. If that makes sense, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think there's uh, it's just it speaks to the level of respect I think that you may have for 
wrestling and the people involved with it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I always, I say the same thing that your dad did. Everybody's human. And I think, uh, I think generally, uh, you know, people like to meet people and, you know, if either say hello to fans or, uh, you know, hear that you like their work or whatever it may, you know what I mean? I, I generally think that, especially this day and age, I think people are, uh, very kind and receptive to that kind of interaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing is there's so many, it was saying that when I, I met uh, Ace uh, backstage at the um, at the Mariners thing too, like it's it's uh, I think there's so I, I assume that there's so many people in their lives in terms of fans are trying to get something out of them. No doubt. And uh, for me, it's just I'm you know I, I like to meet some just to say I, I, I just to say I've met them and just like put a face to a name or, or anything like that. And uh, you know I'm not looking to get anything out of them. Just saying hi. That's about it. So yeah, yeah that's uh, that was a kind of master. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we got here? Plenty of questions. Oh, from Connor. I don't know if it's Connor Murphy, but uh, I don't think so. But if it is, catch a body. What's a great match in Limitless Wrestling history? Sorry. Yeah. What's a great match in Limitless Wrestling history that you think has gone unnoticed? Can I can I start with this? Please, because I, uh, I had a tough time with this, and I'm already drawing a blank. Yeah. I mean, you obviously you have the historical reference, and I have still have not seen you know like the first three or four years maybe of limitless stuff. Um, just again, I came in late to the party and someday I'd like to kind of catch up. I would, uh, this may not, I wouldn't say this is like an all timer, but I still go back to last year, like that Al Price, Lindsay Dorado match I thought was excellent. And yeah. people just kind of like, don't really, it was weird. And I don't know if they just didn't see or don't see Dorado as like a bigger like a bigger name or it's just another WB guy. Maybe they kind of dismiss it. If you go back and watch it match, or if you were there, that was a really, really good match. And both guys came to play both. I mean, I was just part of kind of the Alec rise to the, the top in limitless in that, you know, almost year that he was champion or whatever it was. It was just seeing him interact with these guys had been at the big show and he went toe to toe with them. And I thought that was, you know, that was great. Um, that match just, because again, it, he wasn't Dorado wasn't the big name. But he he went in there and he like you know he he got in there. It was a fun like twenty plus minute match, and I think it just in, in terms of recent memory, I think that one has gone criminally uh, under unnoticed. That's fair. Um, I uh, immediately my head went to some of the stuff that we did during the closed taping era because uh, I think that's so easy to forget, especially when live yep. shows kick back off yep. again, and then. Um, with, with how much wrestling has, you know, come back into the fray in the past year, year and a half, especially with us. But uh, Damian and Becca, I would say, from Fortune Favors the Bold, uh, I thought that was really a star-making performance for both of them. Um, uh, another one that was actually from the live shows, uh, Kevin Blackwood, Jake Something from Prize Possession. That was the show Alec won mm -hmm. the championship from AG, and I think – um, there was so much coming out of that show in terms of change in limitless wrestling that um, I do think it got its props for sure. But uh, I recently saw that one again and thought it was excellent. And uh, I don't know, I, there's a ton. It's it's hard to even break it down and uh, think what might like pop into this category. Um, there's, there's probably a ton of Christian Casanova matches that I would say, because for some reason to me, it felt like right up until... Uh, just about when the pandemic started, a lot of Christian stuff was kind of overlooked in terms of what yeah. he was doing. Um, yeah. the, 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 the double shot series with Myron Reed comes to mind of a mm -hmm. couple matches that just kind of blew the roof off the place. And then, uh, that was kind of Christian's ascent to the top, you know? And, uh, I don't know. He was putting out good stuff for a fucking year or two plus at that point that were, you know, top level to what he was doing, uh, when he got into the title scene. So, I definitely think a lot of his stuff fits into that category. Uh, could keep going on. There's a ton of stuff, but uh, that's definitely something that I think we should revisit and uh, maybe dive into some classics that have gone forgotten. I'll give you one more. Uh, MGF versus Ashley Fox. Oh my God. It was nuclear in that place. It was. I, and nuclear. I've, I've said, and I've, I've talked about this match before uh, on the pod. I'm not a big intergender fan uh, of the matches. I, I, you know, not anti, but I just, I've never really get into them. That one I get into because it was you're right. If you were there in the building, I'd have to rewatch that match on uh, on IJTV or YouTube to see if it's if it kind of still it kind of resonates. But in the building, that was you're right. It was wild. 
It like, was tense, legitimately tense. It was. It was like I. I still. I'm thinking about it. I was just like it was. It. It absolutely. It. This is what. This is how good. When you see really good pro wrestling live, and obviously there's been a ton of great limo matches live, that there's some that just take that next level up and just everything just kind of like fades away. That was one of those where you just legit got into it. It was it was absolutely perfect. It was a great match. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's. <laughs> so Lee's got two questions here, Randy. One may be easier to answer than the other. One, uh, the Von Eric boys, of course, Marshall and Ross, Ross, the former MLW tag team champions. Are they on your radar for Limitless? And the other question, can we please see Eric Greenleaf get taken out? Come on, Lee. What is this question? Well, where does he want to see him get taken out? I, I maybe must have you take him out in, at a very nice dinner, a seafood That's right. dinner. Yeah, I mean, uh, if he's fronting the bill, uh, I'll bring Greenleaf to die starts if I have to, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, I mean, Greenleaf gets himself into some uh, questionable circumstances on his own. So uh, we'll let that happen when it happens. But Von Eric boys, they'd be cool to bring into Limitless Wrestling. I think there's a couple cool tag matches I can think of off the top of my head that would be neat for them. Yeah, you might have to uh, do a GoFundMe or something to get that plane ride from Hawaii, though. <laughs> yeah, That's the thing. <laughs> That's a pricey one. Yeah, that they that I think one of the problems then with uh, they because they live in Hawaii, they don't really like they haven't done. I don't say a full commitment, but like in MLW, it's always like some kind of comes up. There's a travel issue or a COVID issue or something like that, and they haven't really done like a run, like a consistent run in the Indies, so they exist if that makes sense. But I think it's, they, they don't like wrestle enough in, in terms of like in, in like indie scene and things like that. And like, they haven't done like a GCW run or like a consistent MLW run or impact run or something like that. So maybe they're kind of just happy with that, but I think it kind of hurts their, their ability to kind of hit that, that next level of like in demand, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think uh, lo- location is always going to be something that's tough to, um break out from especially when you're located in like a hawaii or like uh i think about the wrestlers in alaska too sometimes mm-hmm. uh how the fuck do you break out in a, in a scene like that you know is there even a scene and i've never heard of hawaii pro wrestling so uh i assume something's got to be there but uh yeah uh i mean if if that does happen and they you know they make a run or something because like, i i was thinking when i saw this question i'm like uh that'd be neat but i actually have not seen them in a hot minute pop up or like anywhere in the states yeah uh let's see from matthew were there any expectations about the first release of the limitless trading cards will we see series five be released later this year and i'll tell you Randy, seeing all the delay sales there has been a big run on cards and card sales in the Limos Wrestling Shop at limoswrestling.com. Yes. Um, I, I will say there was no expectation on uh, what the cards or any, any series would uh, turn out to be or what they'd, uh, what they'd end up being worth to people later on, honestly, because it was, I mean, the people who uh, were around for like the Series 1 release know, especially like we were just kind of throwing shit at the wall to see what stuck in terms of like what these cards were going to look like, what they were going to be printed on. Uh, we had we had like a whole run of misprints to start with that had like a yellow film on the outside of them. That's that's the real OG shit if you have them. But um, no, we I mean, we've always done pretty small runs just to see, like, especially the first couple, just like what the interest level was of something like that. Um, it was something that uh, we had to connect with card subject to change where he was he himself was just getting into kind of the card printing aspect of everything. And um we ended up kind of making a a relationship out of that to figure out hey if we want to maybe try some prints out or try some new things we could do it with a set and just see how it goes and it really blossomed from there and it was uh we we actually talked about it on the podcast i had no idea like what these cards were becoming to people until smart mark sterling reached out and he was like hey do you like know what's going on with the series one cards right now and I really didn't to that point, and he, uh, he just, you know, clued me up to what some of these were selling for uh, between collectors on eBay and whatever the fuck, and it was pretty mind-blowing because uh, it, it really was just something that we were kind of fucking around with just to see if we could come up with, uh, like, uh, a look and uh, a print type that fit trading cards moving forward for that company, let alone doing more series for Limitless Wrestling, so... Um, it's, it's been really cool to see how the, the sets have blossomed from series one, which was a, 
a small maybe 30 40 card run to the last series which was a hundred card run and also incorporating some rookie cards in there for our students as well and uh different moment cards and some main relic cards so it's been a lot of fun um it is uh you know time consuming to get everything together for a set and then to get it out there and get it done it just it, it takes a lot of time so I definitely think that uh, there will be more series of uh, the Limitless Trading Cards. I don't want to set ourselves to any kind of uh, schedule or timeline, but um, I feel pretty confident that a Series 5 could be on the way this year. From Charlie, will Limitless Wrestling's name be on Cody Rhodes' weight belt at WrestleMania? What a coup. I've got a lot of uh, you know tags and, and questions about this since Cody uh, had that interview just talking about maybe wanting to do that weight belt and uh, putting over some of the companies that he worked for on the indies. I have no confirmation one way or the other uh, on what that's going to be and turn out to look like, but uh, that'd be really cool. If so. Well, Cody reads his Twitter, everybody. So at him at Cody Rhodes, I believe it's his Twitter and uh, tell him, tell him, make him, make him, make it be impossible. Put it this way. Tell Cody Rhodes, you will not watch WrestleMania unless limitless wrestling's name is on the belt. How about that? That's stiff. We're, we're really putting him in a rock and a hard place here. That's right. Wait, The Rock is going to be at WrestleMania? Did you just confirm that? I did not. I have no intel. Mm, interesting. And finally, from Eros, how do you deal with burnout from wrestling? Good question. Complex question, I think, because um, I think obviously everybody's going to deal with this differently. And I think that it's natural to have a passion and maybe a profession or uh, something that you put a lot of time into, get to a point where you feel burnt out on it or maybe just don't want to do it the same way that you did it before. And uh, I used to feel like completely different on this subject because uh, I always thought, I always like would pull back on people who pulled back themselves. And I, I just, I think I was just like young and ignorant and didn't really have a grasp on like mental health and, uh, I don't know, just like uh, I think encountering my own struggles over the past couple of years and just like kind of learning how to navigate. Like, uh, I think sometimes it is very beneficial for people to pull back and maybe, you know, sometimes you just have to figure out the life aspect before you can give yourself to professional wrestling. And uh, that's sometimes a quick process, sometimes a short process. But uh, wrestling is one of those things where I think if you really want to succeed, especially as an in-ring competitor or uh, maybe a commentator, an interviewer, whatever it may be, you really do have to give so much of yourself to wrestling and to improvement and uh, training and whatever it may be, you know, whatever aspect of wrestling that you're in and whatever stage. But uh, I think balance is important. And uh, I don't know, I, I have found myself uh, over the past couple of months getting into like a much better groove and a much better uh schedule and uh, just give myself a break time to time and uh learning when to kind of shut off you know what i mean and like it's it's important you know what i mean it's important to have time for you and to uh navigate the way that you want to i don't think there's any blueprint to how wrestling needs to be done or works for certain people as opposed to others so uh, i think it's just about finding what works for you and uh you know maybe uh setting yourself up in a way that's not gonna get you to the point of burnouts all the time because it is very easy to do in wrestling. Yeah, I would agree. As long as something's fun, you know, I think that's the thing. It stops being fun and, you know, you know, running an indie promotion, not every day is fun, but there's people, no matter what, if they have interest in their lives that all of a sudden start becoming more of a job than something they're passionate about. And that may be time to take a step back from it, you know, and it's your business. Obviously, you know, you don't have that luxury, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's knowing yourself, uh, as you were kind of alluding to, is in, in taking time and, and if you got to take a break, then you know don't don't worry about everyone else. You got to worry about yourself first. You know, I think that's the the most important thing. And yeah, have fun with it. You know, I, I think when you're not having fun with a passion project or a um, a creative interest or any type of art, right? I mean, I think it's you just got to take a step back from it because it otherwise it just becomes a job in in the art. The art, art comes from inspiration, and if you don't have inspiration, you just feel like it's a job, then you know it just it just becomes shit, basically. Yeah, and you're not you're not going to produce anything that you're happy with, and it's just going to continue the cycle. 
You got it. Well, good questions. Obviously, uh, keep them coming uh, when the next uh, Ask list rolls around. Obviously, if there's someone that did not get asked before, just let us know, and then we'll uh, we'll do them for the next round of Ask Limitless. Uh, quick news before we head out, Randy. Anthony Green, the former two-time Limitless Wrestling World Champion, made his debut not only in Japan, well, he did that previously, but at the Tokyo Dome for Keiji Muto's final show that happened uh, just last night as we record this. Pretty cool. Unreal, dude. Unreal. Um, I uh, I recall just talking to him about going to Japan for the first time and how much of a process that was. And to think that, uh, you know, on, on his second tour, he's getting to do something that a lot of people on those tours dream of doing and wrestling in the Tokyo Dome, which is got to be a you know it's a once in a lifetime experience for a lot of people if they get that experience so uh so happy for him picking up a win too in the tokyo dome uh and also for such a momentous occasion to be there to be in the locker room to be in the ring for uh just got to be amazing so uh very cool and uh getting tuned back into the wrestling universe streaming uh outfit this week so i can watch some of those matches that he's been having over there but uh super cool man very cool stuff yeah, he's been over there for what about a month, and yeah, you're kind of looking over cage match, and he's been in there against uh, some talents. You know, I mean, uh, Marafuji, uh, Timothy Thatcher, Satoshi Kojima, and yeah, teaming with uh, with Jake Lee and, and Jack Morris, and has been uh, doing some good stuff over there. So good for him. Yeah, and uh, it seems like uh, they're not stopping anytime soon, especially with that trio. So he's got himself into something there. That's good. And also, uh, Delmi XO signing with MLW. Yeah, hell yeah, Delmi XO, the God Queen, uh, and a lot, a lot of pub uh, publicity for this one. I saw Court Bauer talking about it's a huge get, and uh, I just stoked for Delmi, man. Uh, this is an awesome opportunity, I think, for her to break out on a national level and to, uh, you know, for someone who is such a hard worker and um, continuously trying to get better uh, in and out of the ring. Uh, I think it's going to be a big opportunity for her to uh, have some new matches to get out there and maybe secure herself some more opportunities in the future. Yeah, and also, uh, since last time we spoke, Becca made not only her MLW debut, Randy, she made her WWE debut. That was a surprise at uh, Mohegan Sun a couple weeks ago. I was shocked. I had no idea. I was watching SmackDown Live, actually, to uh, to see if uh, some other lunatic who might have been backstage was going to be on that show, but it ended up being <laughs> Becca. Car- excuse me, Carmen Harris. Yes. Was on that event. Carmen Harris. The Harris herd was uh, going nuts, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> the rest heard. So yeah, congratulations to her. And then I'll, uh, I'll close up with this. Uh, Limitless Mojo at the Dojo Season 2 just returned this past Saturday as we're recording. Back in full swing on Saturday mornings, 11 o'clock on YouTube and the Limitless Dojo Facebook page, I believe, and IWTV. But Season 2 is back. Yes, it is. Uh, some really fun matchups coming up this week as well. A-game, Joseph Alexander going one-on-one with L.S. Spartano. We got the Dunky Boy Bandit in action going head-to-head with the ring mechanic, Samuel Radcliffe. So check that out. As you said, 11 a.m. Saturday morning. Uh, you can stream it live on YouTube.com slash Limitless Wrestling. We actually keep the episodes up in full on the YouTube channel if you miss them. And then you can catch the replay on demand anytime via IWTV. They've got all five episodes from Season 1, as well as the premiere from Season 2. And there's another three episodes coming in this batch. Mm. And uh, real quick, shout-out to Conor McGrath for pointing out that Kevin Nash recently on his podcast talked about the Bangor Auditorium being one of the most memorable venues that he wrestled while he was a WWE world champion. Do you see that? That's fucking legit. Hell yeah. Yeah. Except that one problem is he never defended the title at the Bangor Auditorium. So he may have been conflating a few things, uh, Kevin Nash, but uh, I went through his cage match. I kind of looked at the, uh, the matches he had had in, uh, in Maine. I think he worked twice at the Bangor Auditorium. Once it was a WCW against a giant. In 1999, I was there in the venue in the venue for that that night, Randy. And then again, I think he tagged with somebody against uh, Men on a Mission, if I remember right. So yeah, he's. Uh, I was going through his um, in the cage match. You can search by state, and I didn't know he worked. Uh, he worked some big time wrestling shows in uh, in the state of Maine back in the day. I believe I saw him at two of those. Yeah, that was. Uh, let me pull those up here. Real quick, uh, on that, uh, as I do this, on that uh, aforementioned WCW show, Goldberg making his main debut as well. No way. Totally. totally. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, so, so there are three, let's see. 
So he worked, uh, the civic center, apparently he did not care for. <laughs> so he worked there the most. Uh, he had worked in the Bangor Trump. Yeah. Diesel and Shawn Michaels against men on a mission back in uh, August, 1995. And then, uh, three years later, 1998, sorry, May, 1998, Kevin Nash versus the giant and no contest at the Bangor auditorium. He also worked at my uh, alma mater high school, uh, Oxford Hills High School, in uh, for a big time show in uh, March 2013 against R.J. Brewer. I was there and for that, that. You were at Oxford Hills. For, you came all the way down to South Paris for that. Yeah, I think uh, Ultimate Warrior was uh, in the house for that one, so I oh did go down. Oh my god! For that. And then uh, March 2013. Oh, they did uh, a couple shows during this run. So March uh, 20, March 2013. Buff Bagwell and Kevin Nash against the Delfonso brothers in Augusta. I love the Delfonso brothers. <laughs> what a great, great heel team for the big time wrestling crew. And then uh, April 2015, Kevin Nash and X-Pac taking on Damian Darling and Danny DeMonto and, uh, in Winslow, Maine. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, nice uh, trip down history. Yeah, yeah shout out to, uh, to Kevin Nash. And who knows, Randy, you run the Bangor Auditorium one day. I bet you can get Kevin Nash back. Well, it's not the same. Uh, it's not the Bangor Auditorium that he grew oh, to know and love. Oh, right. It's it was the sound of that building that wrestlers really enjoyed because I I'm almost certain someone can hopefully point me in the direction of this, but I'm pretty sure Bret Hart has done an interview before where he put over the Bangor Auditorium for the same thing because it sounded thunderous in there with uh with just how the building was constructed and how the sound carried. Yeah, it could be a lighthouse and sound incredible. And I was. I was lucky enough to go to one uh, WWE live event there before, uh, you know, reconstruction of that entire facility. But uh, I don't have like the, you know, the attachment memories uh, being a young man. You know what I mean? I don't remember yeah. much of the sound and the atmosphere of that, but uh, I can only imagine. I bet it, it did seem like a great venue for professional wrestling. Yeah, basically two, two sections of, of seats that went just like all the way up to the sky. Like yeah, that's the moon, it. Essentially. Absolutely crazy. Good stuff. Well, uh, thanks for that. Thanks for all that, everybody. And uh, yeah, other plugs, of course, Mojo Dojo. We talked about that PMC channel five, 8 30 PM in Portland on Friday nights with fresh limitless wrestling action for those in the greater Portland and greater Westbrook areas. IWTV, of course, you can find all the archive footage and recent stuff from limitlesswrestling.com, including stuff from years ago, recent past go delve in. If you have it, of course, YouTube as well. Pluto TV for the first two seasons of the road lw main on twitter limitless wrestling on facebook instagram tiktok and youtube let's wrestle 207 on twitter facebook and instagram randy underscore carver lw on twitter i'm josh nason on twitter limitlesswrestling.com for all your ticket and merchandise needs and that's it for randy carver i'm josh nason until next time be limitless